What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week of Living with Will. I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump right into this interview. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. If you like the podcast, please like, comment, or subscribe. And I want to thank my guest, Forbes Riley, for not only being one of the most incredible business savvy guests we've ever had on the show, but also being one of the funniest and just overall legendary human beings I've ever met in my entire life. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And welcome back to another week of Living with Will. Let's do this. Let's do it. I always start the same way. I'm going to ask you a wide range of questions. If for some reason I ask you one, you're like, well, ah, I don't want to do that. We'll just, we'll stop the question there. We'll go on to the next I'm just one. excited it's that I haven't spent time in a bedroom with a 27-year-old guy in a long time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm grateful. It's a big yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my husband I said that. Well, listen, we could get right. First of all, thank you so much for coming. This is amazing. That's right. Are we recording? Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, for real. And this is the all beginning. Right. Uh, I like to start them the same way. We all started off as children. So I like to start there. We did? Um, that's a good <laughs> observation. Did you go? You were a high school graduate to figure that that's good one. I grew up as a small little child. Yeah. All right. It took years of yeah. education for me to come to that consensus. But it's very impressive. <laughs> so we come on. You know, you children. like older women. This makes me such a cougar. So tell me a little bit about how you got from childhood. To you are so now. blushing. We met, we met in Clubhouse. So kind of from where you started to where we met. Tell me that story. Let me tell you something. You never, you don't have enough life left in you for me to tell you that story. Let's get way more specific. What do you think you actually want to know? I want to know about you. I want to know your story. You know, how did you, how did you build the career that you have? Well, um, it's amazing. I started out as an ugly, weird little girl who had a broken nose. I got hit in the face with a baseball bat when I was a kid. Oh, my God. Uh, these, I know. Uh, these teeth here, uh, eight years in braces when I was a kid. And uh, frizzy hair, overweight, and very, very awkwardly smart to the point that I built a computer when I was in fourth grade as an eight-year-old with my dad. I know how to fly airplanes. Uh, I know how to build things. I'm a magician. I'm a very weird kid and a total social outcast which is cool because that means I went home every day and I watched television, did homework and dreamed a lot. And I dreamed of being James Bond. And then I went out and I lived that life. So what does that mean? That means I got to be a con artist for a while. I got to do singing and stripping telegrams. I got to work on Broadway, make movies, star in horror films, uh, hang out at ski resorts. I created the X Games for ESPN. I'm sure you've seen that. Me and Stuart Scott, you want to Google, you want to go to YouTube and watch some of this crazy stuff. Uh, then I hosted The Laugh Factory with people like Robin Williams and, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld and the Wayan Brothers. Uh, hosted a couple of talk shows. Then I uh, went into the world of infomercials. I helped create that back in the early 90s. Did 193 of them, grossed a little over $2.5 billion. When a resistance band shattered my nose, I created the Spin Gym, which is my fitness product. I've got lots of these lying everywhere. And I help people in wheelchairs and uh, super fit athletes get fit. I have 18 year old beautiful boy girl twins because I'm very efficient when it comes to things. And uh, four years ago, I met the man of my dreams who's a three time world champion fitness model and looks a little like Captain America wishes he looked. I love that. And you wonder why I'm blushing. Like, listen to that career. How could I not? I'm at the, I'm, I'm here. You're not, you're somewhere off screen in the sky. So I'm so. Well, I'll tell you what. I have uh, next month, today, I turned 61. And I will tell you, I have lived an amazing life. And I, it's because I set out to do that. So in my early 20s, my parents didn't travel. But I'm glad I watched a lot of movies because I realized that people live different lives. And I, I got Europe on $20 a day, big thick book. And I said to my mom, I'm going to go see all the places in this book, tear out the pages and come home when I have just the cover. And that took me six months on my own with a big backpack and a Walkman, which is a very weird thing as I only had two cassette players, two cassette tapes. And uh, it took me six months. I forged my URL pass twice and uh, slept outside caves and on, jumped off a train in Figuera, Spain. And like I said, James Bond, what would he have done? And that's what I, that was my intention. And so I tell you all this, I think, because I didn't have any rules. I didn't have any mentors growing up. My mentors were in my head. My mentors were my dreams. I had a little voice that said, just keep going. Uh, always on my own, so it didn't phase me that I was, I never really thought about being lonely. That was not ever an issue. I had things to do and things to see in a world and life to live. 
And so I, I didn't focus on little things. I didn't, you know, it's funny. I, I never could talk to little girls because pff, I didn't care. I don't care about braiding your hair or, or little boys or whatever girls do. And uh, I just cared about like adventures and writing stories. I've written a bunch of movies. I've acted all over the world. Uh, I did a movie in the castle that Tom Cruise got married in, in Bronchanio, Italy. I thought, I just want to live this crazy life. And the funny thing is now I am at that point where I can tell these stories. And luckily things have come out like Zoom and Clubhouse and YouTube. And so that's kind of cool, you know? Agreed. I'm curious to know. So for someone who's kind of starting out on this journey um, and they and they want to live this life of adventure in a similar manner, what would your what would your words of wisdom from someone who's lived that life? Where would you recommend they start? What are some ways that they can kind of what would you say to them as they begin? One, don't listen to other people. Don't listen to people who have not lived a bigger life than what you want to do. Because most people live a very small life. I don't know why my camera's flickering. What is going on over there? So that's like modern art. Oh. Yeah, isn't that kind of weird? Right? Um, I was noticing it. I was kind of cool with it. Um, if you want to live a great life, then live a great life. Decide to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what rules are. I have no idea. In fact, I have a little card called a permission card where I'm going to grant you permission or anyone else who wants permission to go be extraordinary. No one told me I could. No one told me I could be a CEO. And it's the funniest thing. And I led a very sheltered life. So it was weird. I didn't know what a CEO meant until I got, because my early thirties, I didn't know it was a job. I had no idea. I lived in a very blue collar neighborhood. I also didn't know that milk came from a cow until I was 12. So that's weird. I think it came from, but if you grow up in a city thing, you don't think about cows, not even on my radar, milk comes from a container. So I mean, one day they're like, you have to, what, how does that, Oh, Oh, that's horrible. That's so we all have our own sensibility, but now with the internet, you can see a lot of things faster. And uh, I have an 18 year old daughter. I have an 18 year old son, but my 18 year old daughter, as soon as she makes $3,000 more, which she'll probably do by tomorrow. It's not a problem. Oh, really? Okay. We'll have grossed. So I'll say that again. Uh, as soon as she grosses $3,000 more, she'll made a half a million dollars since August of last year. She's $493,000, right? And you can see it on my ClickFunnels. It's pretty crazy. How does a kid who's not graduated high school do that? Well, number one, she decided she wanted to. She decided to learn her craft, and that was digital marketing and interviewing uh, celebrities who were already in the space, uh, being innovative, and just not listening to other people, like her teachers. One day, her, uh, her guidance counselor calls us into the office. Your daughter's being very disruptive. I'm like, really, what's going on? Well, we were working on a resume. We're working on Microsoft Word and filling a resume. Your daughter said she doesn't need to do that. I said, oh, really? Yeah, she, she doesn't need a job. Everybody needs a job. I said, and I looked at her going, yeah, no. So, excuse me? I said, man, she's never going to have a job. Well, but she asked, what, is she going to get married? I'm like, no, she doesn't need to, you don't understand. She's already made three times your salary this year. So uh, probably she's going to hire you. Maybe she's not going to hire you. Oh my God, my daughter's like, mom, could you not do that? I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. This is that. so much that. fun. I'm sure she was so, very grateful, even though she asked you to stop, but I'm sure she's very grateful, but please continue. Oh, if you saw her yesterday, my daughter and I, she runs my business. She did something, you know, it's funny because we would definitely mom and daughter, like any mom and daughter and son, but I took her with me. I didn't take my son all, all these places, but she was fun to travel with. And she learned a lot and wanted to participate. And she also witnessed a lot of what her mom went through. And what that means is that being a woman in a man's world, I've spoken on some big stages. I just got off speaking on a stage with Deepak Chopra, Les Brown, Damon John, and Jack Canfield. I was the only woman. Huh. Well, that means that I've hit my head on that glass ceiling a bunch of times. I have, uh, and I'm direct. I'm really direct. And you know what that means? That means you get called a bitch a lot. She's so bitchy. Well, if you were a guy, you would have said he's so successful and strong, but we don't really appreciate tough women. I'm not rude and I've never acted out of maliciousness, but I know what I want. And in certain environments, uh, I guess I can be annoying. So I've learned a lesson, especially in infomercials was very male dominated. Speaking is male dominated. CEOs are male dominated. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of male dominated, huh? I was going to ask you about that and I appreciate you speaking on it. Um, It was the perfect transition without me even having to ask the question. Being a woman coming up in this space that is like very, you know, bro code patriarchal, misogynistic, um, how did you navigate that into like shaping the career that you had? And how did you kind of keep your head above water when having to deal with all that? Probably not as good as I could have. Um, I 
was an absolute pioneer. I was standing there next to Body by Jake for five years, creating the concept of pitching, which I teach now. And I don't remember, we never really became friends. We, he hired me, I worked with him for five years, but I realized that it was always a little awkward because you're not the girlfriend and the girlfriend didn't really like you hanging out with their man. And so it was always like, okay, go in and do your job really well and then go home and not make a big deal about some of those things. Um, I've gotten all kind of, you know, it's interesting. I've gotten chased around lots of desks. That was always interesting. I never got caught. And I'm very proud to stand here and say, as I had lots of opportunities, that I didn't sleep my way anywhere. Just didn't. Um, could have. And in retrospect, this is weird. Um, my mom was very puritanical. I think, she, I think she was a virgin at 27 when she got married. And so she put that in my head. You're supposed to be in love. And I was the first time, you know, like four years. And then we broke up. And then I thought, oh, you know, you don't have to be in love. That's kind of fun. But don't ever use it. And so I had this kind of puritanical view of relationships, okay? And I never understood. But then I watched people like, I, I can't say their names. That's not fair. Uh, some of the other actors that I knew who didn't have that same kind of upbringing, whose names you do know their names. And I thought, you know, I'm going to like this at the end of my life. If I can stand here and say that I did it my way. Love that. I, and I think that's, that's the way to do it is to do it your way. And, and that's why I'm so grateful for this moment that we get to talk about it. Um, what were some words of wisdom that you were given along the way that helped you kind of create this mindset that you have now? I wasn't, you know, that's a really funny thing. All the words that are in my head, I put there. I didn't have a mentor really. My mentors were make-believe. Um, I'm a tremendous dreamer. So, I mean, and, and we're talking weird. Okay. So nobody gave me permission to do these things. When I was in New York and I had been chased around the desk by an agent from ICM and, and invited to lunch in his hotel room. Oh, not ridiculous. At some point I said, you know what? Screw this. I am going to create my own. I got stationary back then CMA. And by the way, now you can do this so much easier, but back then it was very revolutionary creative management for artists. I opened up my own management company and I hired a woman named Lindsay Maxwell and Lindsay was in charge of promoting Forbes Riley. Now, of course I was Lindsay Maxwell. Hello. Yes. No, no, no. Oh, no. Forbes. She's one. Uh, let me send her. No, you have to meet her. Yes. She's worried. Oh, can she roller skate? Of course. She, I booked all kinds of stuff oh, as my own yeah. manager. No one gave me permission to do that. Um, I know. Uh, I did a lot of things like that, that were completely did not require anyone else telling me to do that. There were no words of wisdom. The words in my head was just keep going. And I, I can't articulate to you why it was so important for me to keep going, but it was. I wanted to get awards. I wanted to be at the Oscars. I wanted to be at the Emmys. And I wanted to know what that was like. And consequently went to a lot of auditions that were not so good and went to some that were great. Um, one, okay, one of the words of wisdom was my acting coach, Milton Casales. He'd won an Oscar for Butterflies Are Free. And his thing was just show up. Well, as an introvert, that's just show up. Okay. So one day I'm playing with a resistance band, slips off my foot and shatters my nose. Okay. I'm in the hospital with the thing on my nose, a little out of it on morphine. The phone rings. Hey, it's your agent, blah, blah, blah. I got, the, I got, a, I got a talk show for you, Forbes. This is exactly what you've been waiting for. Okay, I'm happy to go. Okay, hung up the phone. Next day, drove to the audition with this thing on my face. And there were a lot of very well-known hosts and actors there. And it was a, a two-person thing. You had to kind of do like a demo table. And it was a very, uh, it was a newscaster who I recognized. And she looks at me, she's like, wow, you look a lot like Hannibal Lecter. I'm like, really? Now I know who I'm having for lunch. I got a call back. And they was like, we have to call you back because we need to see if you got a nose. And I came back and my audition was in front of a very top model that I really I was a huge fan of hers. But I thought, damn it, I want this. And my nose looked just fine when it was fixed. And I got it. And I got my first major television talk show. And then this is another funny story about that. I'd already done a TV series in this production studio in Los Angeles. And when I went to work the first day, the camera guy walks up to me, and says, I got you this job. I'm like, I'm sorry. He says, yeah. He says, you know, when you left, they asked what you were like to work with. And I told him that you're the only one here who knows the names of my kids. You always asked how people were, that you're really fun. And at that moment, I do remember a lesson I learned in high school, that even if you got the lead in the play, they made you paint the scenery so that nobody was better than anyone else. And so if you're ever on a set with me or on a studio with me, and in a studio, there's hundreds of people. I'll probably be one of the nicer people that you'll ever meet. 
that the director and producer are nice, but so is the camera, especially the camera guy who's got a camera or the lighting guy or the makeup girl or the war. I'm nice to all of them. They're there to make me look good, but I don't think everybody sees it that way. I appreciate you saying that. I, and I totally agree. I don't think people see um, the true wizards behind cinema, you know, are the, exactly the people you're just referring to, you know, the lights, the cameras, the makeup, the sets. Um, and that's what I love about being in LA is you get to know all those people and it's a, it's a whole community. And it's interesting at agencies, they call it below the line. And I feel like that even just that name in itself is like contributing to this idea that yeah. these people are lesser than for some reason, but it's true, but they yeah. show up every day. They've got work, you know, it's the camera guys on a sitcom that will always work when producers and actors come and go. And so sometimes you get to really know what you're doing there because you know, people will come and go. It's fascinating. I have made a lot of friends along the way. I was always nice to people. I'm not always liked. And I know that sometimes you're like, hmm, that's too bad. Uh, and, and that hurts because I've got, you know, pretty shallow, you know, a little fragile ego there. But I've always done my best to do, to, as people would say, to, you know, leave the world a little better than I left it. Then I, you know, when I leave it better than when I got there. I love that. Yeah, that's the way to, that's the way to move. Um, I'm curious too, you know, based on um, improving the world, what's the project that maybe not that you're most proud of, because I'm sure you're proud of all projects, but what would you say are some of the most proud moments during your career for you personally? Well, I think when I ventured into coaching, I'll show you something. So one of the things that I'm really proud of is making other people's dreams come true. I own a very big television studio. And I will tell you, it's because of this product. And by the way, this product, which you don't have and you need to get one, Mr. Will, you have no idea what this does for your arms and every part of your body, it's called a spin gym. Also comes in diamond encrusted for us girls. Um, but I will tell you, as I'm thinking about that, meeting Christine in the park, uh, and I'll show you a video of this at some point, but nine years ago, she was 13 years old. She's got cerebral palsy sitting in a wheelchair. I'm crazy enough with my daughter to go up to her and make her spin gym. It took her quite a while to get coordinated to do this. She became a part of my heart. Uh, seven years later, she graduated valedictorian of her class. Two years after that, two years ago, she called me in tears and said, thank you. I'm like, for what? She's like, because I just got crowned Miss Wheelchair 2019. I'm going to the nationals and it's all because of you. Oh my God. You know, that's one of those moments when we had a roller skating birthday party and I get to push her. I rented out the whole roller rink and because I love to roller skate and got to push her around and and the reason I did that, and, and that's even a little awkward talking about it because it's, oh, yay for me, but I could do so much more. But anything that you do is great. But she, um, you know, it's funny because when I met her, this little girl in the park, and I have it videotaped. That's what I love about videotape. I captured that moment. My daughter's young and we loved all over Christine and her mom. And God, I could get so emotional. Um, she smiles all the time. Now I'm going to tell you, Will, you and I have some pretty bad days. People listening have some pretty bad days. You know what? Your worst day ever is better than her best day ever. You don't need help going to the bathroom every day. You have, don't have to miss school because you've got your period and it's too embarrassing to even be around people because you can't do anything about it. You will never walk. She, she won't walk across the floor in a pair of high heel shoes ever. You know, you might break your leg, get laid for six months and just bitch all day. I heard that, right? So I learned about gratitude from the ground up. Um, and I've learned that a lot. You know, I also raised a little boy from the age of eight till 19, uh, a little darker than your shirt, who had a very interesting prejudice against white people. Well, he spent every weekend with me and my ex-husband. And um, right after my babies were born, Dexter was walking from a haircut to church and he was shot and killed 10 times in the back by a kid who grew up two blocks away from him. Let me tell you something, kids who don't have mentors, and don't have families and aren't, you know, you know, those kids that you kind of pick on in school. Well, they can access guns just like anybody else can. And who do you think become the angry? I'll show you kind of, and why wouldn't they, you and I, and anyone else who bullied them or ignored them or showed up as more successful than them, remind them their life isn't so good. And then they're going to hurt somebody that you love. And so being a little bit more altruistic and bigger minded is very selfish. I'd like the world to be a little nicer. I just started a little program called Make Money with Forbes, where I'm teaching people how to make affiliate money. So you can make a couple hundred bucks a week extra by not I mean, doing by very much. What is affiliate money? Okay, well, when you go to your favorite restaurant, do you ever tell your friends about it? I try to, but it's a good point. I should more often. 
Well, no, but no, no. But if you do and your friends go to that restaurant, does the restaurant send you a free dinner? They no. don't. Yeah. If you tell a friend to go get a skateboard or go to a movie and they buy it, do they send you a free? No, they don't. Well, on the internet, when you have a product or a service and I say, hey, Will, you know what? If you sign up to my whatever and you talk about it, my, my training, if someone of your friends signs up, I'll give you a percentage of the sale. You don't work for me. And then the cool thing about that is because of the way the internet can tag you in my system, every time you buy a book or a course or whatever, I'll send you more and more checks and you don't have to do anything. That's affiliate money. Now, anybody can be an affiliate of almost any company. Amazon has an affiliate, CVS has an affiliate, all these big companies, Best Buy. So what's cool about that is you go and you sign up and if you tell your friend about the new ring light you got or the camera you love and they go get it, they'll send you a check. So I set something up like that and I just started training people and I charge like $19 a class so that everybody can come very affordable because I'd really enjoy making a difference in this world. So I would spending time doing this because hopefully people go, wow, I've never heard her voice before. You know, for me, um, I've been an actress and a TV host, a stand-up comedian and all kinds of other things I've done, but I spent a lot of time making a lot of money. And that was between infomercials. I've done 193 of them. A lot that happened long before you got here with a guy named Jack LaLanne, who's the man who invented the word fitness. He died at 96. Arnold Schwarzenegger will tell you he's the reason that he's fit. Arnold was the speaker at his funeral. Um, and so I said, when I'm eight, when my kids are 18 and they don't need me as much, I will come back out and devote a lot more time to you guys. Well, they turned 18 on December 4th. Oh, and between December 3rd. All right, there you go. Sagittarius. Amazing. Yeah, I'm 11 p.m. December 3rd. I almost was with him on December. I celebrate December 4th now because technically that's my first 24 hours of life. Oh, that's very funny. Well, they were at 8.04 and 8.14, and I know because I pushed them both out 10 minutes apart. It was a long 10 minutes. I'm so grateful. I want to I wanna touch briefly on what you were speaking on before, too, because I think it's really important. You you brought up a really personal story to, to answer the question of a proud moment in your career. And then you were like, I don't want to come off like I'm patting myself on the back. And I wanted to just quickly speak on that. I, I think it's unfortunate that, that our society talks to us or makes us think like we can't speak on moments that we're proud of because it comes off like we're like inflating our own egos. That was a beautiful story. Uh, I, I asked to hear it. I'm glad I heard it. And I know the audience is going to be grateful. So I'm really, I, I want to thank you for sharing it. Um, I'm sure the, the, the young woman that you're speaking on will be grateful that you referenced her. Her um, name is Christine. And actually, if you want to see her, go to YouTube and type in Christine plus spin gym, awesome. and you will see a beautiful, beautiful little girl. We'll put, we'll put this in the description of the podcast when we release okay. it as well, so that everyone can go watch it. Um, All right, wanted... so a couple of things that I do that you don't know. I know you got a question for me, no, no, but I got no, a couple of things for you. All right, no, so one of the things I do is I teach pitching. So you pitched me very well to be on your show. You got a yes, right? So when people ask you, Will, what do you do? What do you tell them? I'm an aspiring comedian and interview host who's trying to promote people, creatives, artists, and innovators to an audience to improve their lives. And make In my world, if you say the word trying, which you actually did, I make you give me five push-ups. Uh, I got to do Cause it. I don't, cause <laughs> I don't really know. The universe doesn't care that you're trying. So take that word I'm out. Doing. And doing at it. what point do you go from aspiring comedian to just comedian? Now in this moment, I'm a comedian and an interview host. Thank you. Yes. I mean, I walked down stage. I walked into the laugh factory. I'd never been on a comedian stage at all. I, uh, it was the last day of the last open call and I had a pair of pants in my arm and I was wearing a dress. I walked in, there was nobody else there, just the two little interviewers. And they said, get on stage. I said, no, no, I have to go to the bathroom first. I can't be funny in a dress. They said, just get up there. And I got up there and I, it's a little bit of a blur, but I, I talked to them, did my thing. And the owner of the laugh factory, who's still the owner, who launched all of those careers, a guy named Jamie Masada. said, come here, you. You're going to be my host every Friday and Saturday. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. Well, but that was weird. So I showed up on Friday. I'd never been in a comedy club. I'm not that funny. And so I memorized uh, Rita Rudner, an old female comedian, had a, an article. I memorized what she wrote and I got on stage and I did this thing. And Jamie's like, come here. I'm like, what? He's like, what are you doing? So I mean, funny. He's like, you're not funny. I heard you to host. He said, you get up there, you ask somebody where they're from and give me 10 minutes and then introduce the funny people. I'm like, oh, 
me tell you something that turned into like four TV series for me. I unbelievable people in the audience I met and worked with everybody from Ellen to Jenna. I mean, you go down the list of all the people I worked for for three years. Who knows, right? So you're a comedian and a, and a podcaster, yes? Yep. And what did you say after that? Uh, that I'm trying to interview- Stop trying, that's another five push-ups. Get on the floor right now. <laughs> Seriously, come on, I want to see some arms here. Go ahead. Go ahead, go So don't say the word try, just do. One, two, look at that real man push-ups. He's got his straight legs. All right, so what are you doing? What are you actually doing? I am doing it. I am a. <laughs> I was blushing before. Now I'm. I'm literally a tomato. I um, I am an interview host. I am a comedian, and I'm interviewing people that I think will bring, or that I know will bring, inspiration to those that listen. Because the people that I interview have per- pursued their passions and their purposes. Okay, can I make that pitch a little better? Here's the thing: if you're listening, within the sound of my voice, they call me the queen of pitch because I've grossed a little over two and a half billion dollars through a pitch. Anytime you get to talk, it is a pitch. I don't care. You want to go to your restaurant? I want to go to my favorite restaurant. So I am a comedian and an int- and a podcaster. My next sentence to you, and it's, just give me one sentence, but why are you doing this? Why is it important to you? I want to educate people through laughter and fun. Why? To help improve their lives. No. Why you? I like having fun. I think that I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a good conduit to conversation and I'm a happy right. person. I want to share okay. my happiness with others. So have you seen unhappiness, which is why you want to do this? Yes. How? Uh, we live in a society that is rampant with systemic oppression uh, and systems of hurt. And uh, I've seen family and friends go through it, um, suffer from it and pass from it. And I don't want to see that or have anyone else experience that ever again, if I can help. Go back a little bit more personal. So you saw somebody pass from what? Um, well, I, I lost who uh, he's my brother, not by blood, but by choice. Um, and, you know, just the uh, life is, is not easy. No, 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 go back. So this is, I'm going to show you something. You want to become powerful and make an impact in the world. That's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And when you ask the universe for something, when it shows up, go, thank you. So he passed how? Um, It's, it was, was it suicide? Multitude of reasons. He, uh, he basically wasn't getting enough oxygen to his brain. Um, And I don't know if it was a combination of, of drugs or, or lifestyle or what, but um he, uh, he unfortunately passed a few years ago. How old um, was he? 24. Okay. So what do you do, Will? I'll tell you what, guys. I am a comedian and a podcast interviewer because when I watched my best friend, my brother, die at 24 from circumstances, from not being happy enough, whatever the real deal was, at that moment, it reminded me that the world needs to hear more laughter and smiles. And if I can be part of that, that is what I do. I love that so. And I know Ernie's looking down appreciative of that. This is this is his tag. I have it on my arm. I carry it with me always. Um, and he was he was happiness and laughter and an otherwise really terrible world. I mean, as a as a gender fluid black kid from D.C., you know, dealing with he basically had to deal with all systems of oppression at once, but still managed to smile through it all. So I'm just trying to embody that. Um, and share that energy. With you didn't people. say trying again. Ernie's going to make you I, do five more push-ups. <laughs> All right, I'll let you pass that one. I'll do but, them at the end. <laughs> so, but Will, do you see what you just did? So for everybody listening, what I just did with you was I went, you went from a rather generic, what do you do as a 27-year-old? I just want to be a podcaster, spy ingredient. To guys, I'm on a mission. See this tattoo? This represents somebody who didn't fit in this world. And, and now you get, you only want one or two sentences to do that. You will floor people when you say that. And you know why my name is Will? Because I'm going to get you. You will do it, not you can do it. I really appreciate that. And I feel it too. For anyone who's watching, if you're, if you're just listening, I'm, I'm filled with emotion right now. I'm holding it down, but I really appreciate what you're saying. And, um, well, because it'll, it gives you, and I, and I get that you're emotional. And I, it gives you, this is for all of us, to take that moment of real, raw, authentic pain and let it fuel what you're doing to set you apart. And so when somebody says, what do you do? And you go, God, you know what? I'm working on being kind of the king of the world. So my dear friend Ernie, you passed too soon. 
I help see laughter by me. And you take that just two sentences, all you need. But now we know that you are deep, you have heart, and that you're on a mission. Thank you. That is so, that, that was amazing. Um, I hope everyone just took notes. Unbelievable. You just threw my whole track of conversations off by, by hitting me with that. But it shows the strength you understand of pitching um, because it, it brought up so much of me just hearing you say it back. So I'm really grateful for that. When did you realize the importance of the pitch? When did that become so clear to you? Well, actually, it's kind of ironic because I would have just been very happy being Sandra Bullock or Julia Roberts. I did a lot of TV and movies. And then one day, and it's not a Jordan Belfort thing. It's actually a true story. I walked into a TV studio around the corner from probably where you live in L.A. And there was a pen sitting right in front of a TV camera to sell me this pen. I don't sell. It's not in my DNA. And so I looked at the pen. I thought, you know, it's a funny thing about pens. My mom, when I was in college, used to write me these longhand notes in purple ink and always said, love, mommy. And I kept them all like a stack, like two and a half inches thick. You know, I realized that a pen like this can reach out and touch somebody's heart. Well, Jake of Body by Jake came out of the dark. You're going to make me a lot of money. I'm like, okay. And what happened was it was pre-QVC. Everybody in the health and wellness industry came to our show. And we had, an, we had a 24-hour network. And they would bring their product. And I would write, I'd create the pitch for it because I can do it better than, I don't know, even understand how I could do that. So watch this, pick up a household item, something on your desk. I'll show you hey, something else. Bill right here. Oh, you got okay. One? No, 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 no. It's a dollar bill. Okay. Dollar well, bill. so sell. that's an interesting, I wouldn't actually try to sell that, but it's, it's not worth, it's not worth a dollar. <laughs> Give me something else. What do you got? I got a hard drive right here connected to my computer. All right, go. You got 20 seconds. Pitch me the hard drive. I've lost my life's work by not backing up my work on my computer. I never want to see that happen again. So I bought a hard drive and you should too. Nice. That's, you know what you just did? You did what's called the springboard story. Most people, when you'll ask them that, they'll pick it up going, hey guys, I have a hard drive. It's first, you know, it's got three imports and it does this. It's got a fire wire and a, that's what they will do. But based on what we just did, you're like, hey, you know what guys? I got in my hand here something. This is not a piece of electronics. This is my family. And I'll tell you, the worst thing that ever happens is you don't back something up and it disappears. Don't let that happen to you. Don't buy one. You want to buy two of these things. You want to raid your, that's a pitch, not talking about a piece of electronics. So I got that instinctively. And then I started doing infomercials. And I will tell you in the old days, I could do one infomercial, one day's work and make a million dollars. You just kept getting checks over and over again. Some of my shows ran 400 times a week on TV. There was times, and when you go to look, if you go to YouTube and you type in my name, you'll see about 32,000 hours of videotape. Uh, everything from all the infomercials that I've done to being on the TV series 24, it's all there. It's just kind of cool. Uh, but then I took that into home shopping. And then this is where it got weird because on home shopping, and if you ever want to sell anything, go watch QVC just for a few minutes. See what they do. You have to sell between two and $5,000 a minute, every minute. I will tell you what, it's kind of interesting when you have to take a product like this and go, okay, if I have a 20 minute pitch, how do I get you to want this even though you can't touch it? So Will, what would you do? And if you can't see it because it's on a podcast, I'm actually using my spin gym right now, okay? What's gonna make you want this? Uh, I guess what you're doing right now, just using it. I mean, I'm seeing you do it, but what would you, what would you do? Well, I know what I did. There's, there's 10 things I would do. Number one, I would talk about how sexy my arms look at my age because of this. I don't have any wiggly jigglies. Yeah, Ladies, yes. when it gets to be bra time or swimsuit time and you don't like the back of your arms, if I told you in just five minutes, it's amazing. It's not a resistance band. It actually rotates at 32,000 rotations a minute. Let me show you this videotape. Oh, look at that. That's a thermal image of your body cold sitting there right now with your fat oozing over your bra and your big belly. But you give me a minute, now watch. All of a sudden, the entire body gets warm. How does that work? Well, that's the speed of this. The other thing is, this pulls it up to 10 pounds every pull. I take a 10-pound dumbbell, and that doesn't fit in my pocketbook. Mm. And I go down each single point. Then I say, you know what? I'm sitting on a Zoom box. Mm. What are you doing in a Zoom box? Well, you don't have a big fitness product. I don't recommend uh, treadmill desks, because that's how I hit my head. Don't do that. But look, you can do this and it's very effective. So I would go on and on with feature benefit, feature benefit. And I teach this, by the way, on Sunday. I've been teaching this since July for two hours every Sunday. It's called Pitch Secrets Masterclass. And I bring people on and we just go through this because everything you want to do in life, 
You want to get a job with somebody? You have to pitch yourself. You want to get a girl? You got to pitch yourself. You want to get guests on your podcast? You're always pitching. No question. What would you say to someone? First of all, I love that. Um, I'm taking notes. If, if not anyone else, definitely I am. But my question to you would be this. For someone who's getting into that space, the infomotion space, the acting space, the self-promotional space, uh, and this is myself included. If, any, if you don't realize, I'm asking for me too. Where would you have them start? Where would you run in the mirror? Again? Start in the mirror. Hi, nice to meet you. Who are you? Wow, what do you look like? What age are you? Then what do you want to promote? Why do you want to promote it? And the big thing I would make you understand is that it's never about you. Hmm. So when people get a new product or a new whatever it is, network marketing company, or they, or write, they wrote a book, oh my God, Will, you need this and, and you, you need this hair thing and you need this pet. Guess what? Well, you don't need anything. Right. What I need to do is to get you to want what I have. And when your customer wants what you have, and we do that through a series of things that I teach, because I don't think it's very instinctual. However, so this is why you do social media. If you're posting and no one's following you, well, then you're not giving them what they want. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. So I'm going to post funny videos because my audience likes to watch funny videos. Or I'm going to post the story of just me in outfits because I look cute. Well, that's so the first thing you want to do is sit down with yourself and one, realize that you're going to evolve over time. So let's start out and go, look, I am 27 years old. I got blonde hair. I got a cute attitude. I'm, I'm very likable. What do you think people want to know from me? Well, you know, if I go and I interview people and I'm funny about it, that might be something they want to do. And then how you package it is comes down to who are you? What do you want? And who do you serve? Right. And then just do it. And then do it. I love that. What are some words that you live by besides just doing it? What are some other words that you, that we can hear that Forrest lives by? I call them my magnetisms. You are the sum of the obstacles you overcome. So if you've had really bad things happen to you, raise your right arm. Well, there you go. Again, some bad shit happened. You win. I mean, no, you're actually, I mean, you're the left arm. Your friend passed away. Congratulations. Now, why do I say it like that? I've had lots of friends pass away. I've cried lots of times, but I'll tell you what, it means you lived a life and you're going to outlive a lot of people. So what did their life mean? How can you make it resonate? How do you get to continue on? You know, some of the obstacles, some I've been, I work with a lot of people who've been raped, hurt, molested in horrible relationships. Congratulations. You're still here. Here's the other thing. Your memories aren't real. What does that mean? Well, if you were hurt by somebody, don't tell everybody when you meet them. That happened a long time ago. And in fact, the brain is so interesting that you can go back and erase some of those memories. If you were hurt as a little kid and it's not serving you, we can change that. And it's fascinating. I spent a lot of time studying the brain as a magician and as a, an NLP expert in hypnosis. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, life happens for you, not to you. Oh, it's terrible. This happened to me. No. And by the way, the least favorite phrase I have is everything happens for a reason. Yeah, no. You know, I know because there's nobody up there keeping score going, oh, well, where did it? How about things happen? You figure out the reason. October 1st, three years ago, I was standing, taking a picture of my beautiful man and I at the Mandalay Bay overlooking a concert in all of Las Vegas. When a minute and a half later, we hear pop, 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 pop. Where's the fireworks? Well, they weren't up there. There was a shooter 10 floors below killing people at the concert and I videotaped it all. Wow. And then for the next 11 hours, we were in lockdown, watching all of this being tormented. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible night. So life happens for you. One, I Facebook lived it. I told the world about what I was watching. I gave interviews. I did charity work for some of the victims. You know, life happens for you. Okay, use that. Use the platforms and things that you were given. Talk to a woman today. I had a big class this morning and uh, she started to cry. She's uh, well, she wants to be a speaker about homelessness. I said, that's not it. Oh, you know why she wants to be a speaker about homelessness? Because for the first 12 years of her life, she didn't have a home. She lived in the mom's car. She lived with neighbors and she, and then she started broke down crying. I said, congratulations. You're homeless now. She's like, no, I have a house. I, congratulations. You stand on a stage and you tell other people how bad it felt. So when you see moms and wonder, are there kids going to school? Are they hungry? And she knows that firsthand, how to get out of it, how to shift your mentality. Congratulations, you get to be a speaker about that. I had another woman last night. She was raped at age, she's a Taiwanese, raped at age 12, lost her virginity. Had to marry the guy because it's a crime to not be a virgin when you get married in her world. Violently abusive. And her entire coaching program now is about thriving from the heart. 
congratulations. You went through some bad things, but you're on a mission to help other people like the other guy. And by the way, you get into my line of work and you start to understand, I think that humanity is just whacked. I met a girl. Uh, she asked me one of the worst things that ever happened to me. I told her. And then she kind of looked at me and said, you know, she said she was in a cage from 17 to 19 under a neighbor's stairs and nobody knew she was there. And then she said that she threw herself down the stairs, ended up in the emergency room, almost died, but that's the only reason that she's free today. What? We live in the same world? Right. So bringing a light to these things and taking your pain, whatever it is, good or bad, and using it, I think is the force, is the reason that's why it happens to you. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. And I, I hope that the audience finds, finds worth in those words as well, because it's, it's truly, I'm, I'm truly grateful. It's frustrating. It's beyond words, the things that happen to people, but I appreciate uh, perspectives like that because it, it makes the madness that we have in this world a little more understandable. But still, like, I can't believe that humans can do that to each other. Like, what is wrong with people? There's a gentleman who I met on Clubhouse who life was really bad for him. So he ran away, ran into his priest's arms, and he chained him to a bed for five years. Priest. Priest. Yep. Unbelievable. Right. So, but this is not front page news. Right. It's just, you know, um, and, there's, and this is happening everywhere all around the world. So what are we doing? Why are we doing what we do? Huh. And we distract ourselves a lot so we don't see the real crimes that are going on. And they go on all over the place. And so for me, I get to be a little voice. I, I actually, I'm known as the queen of pitch, but partly I just want to be known as the disruptor. Mm. I'll talk about all kinds of things. I've been around long enough and I have an attitude and energy on a lot of things you want to talk about. I love that. Well, I'm, I am working towards becoming the next Forbes in my own regard. And I appreciate so much that you use your voice and use your platform to address uh, these diabolical issues. I, I try, I do the same. Oh in my, my God, own, I saw that's it. another I, I, 10. I heard it, I heard, it. I, heard oh. it, I do the same in my own small way and I look forward to a day where I can have a larger platform to, to reach more, well, more people. Here's the thing, you don't have to look for it. You just have to decide you want it. And so now, do you have it on a vision board? Yes, my own version of a vision board, yes. What is your own version of a vision board? Uh, I write down all the things that I want to do Nope. And I'm going to tell you something there. Hello, young men. They call it a vision board. They don't call it a reading board mm -hmm. because when your brain sees a picture, it strives to create it. Do you ever cry at a movie? Yes. Why? Because I'm emotionally affected by what I saw. By two actors that you've never met. Yeah. With a crazy. camera. It can even it's be not... cartoons. Right. Oh, right. Okay. So it's not real, but it affected you. Put a picture on the wall of something you want and watch how it manifests. Love it. I live my entire life that way. And I will tell you, it's a practice that you don't want to argue with. You, you can't argue. I don't really believe in manifestation. Really? I don't believe in gravity. Shit, it works anyway. Right. I love that voice. <laughs> so valid. It's so valid. I'm going to use that argument for so many different things now. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody all day long. Uh, the, how about that word belief? Have you ever written it down? B-L-B-E-L-I-E-V. -E -E you know it's in the middle of belief? L-I-E. Mm. You have a lie and I have a lie. Well, I believe that the world is round. Well, I believe the world is flat. Well, Christopher Columbus didn't fall off. I believe you're right now. I believe I am. Okay? I believe we can get to the moon. I believe there's no way in hell you're getting to the moon. Oh, we walked on the moon. Okay. So beliefs shatter all the time. One of the most important ones, I think, is you could not run a four-minute mile in the 1930s. Not going to happen. Nobody, everyone said, everyone agreed. Four-minute mile can't be run. You just can't do it. Then one day, an English guy named Roger Barrister ran a four-minute mile. That week, so did 11 other people. Huh. Conscious. When you believe something can happen, you can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and I didn't say anything, Edison or one said, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Well, put the picture on the wall. What's one thing that you want to have happen the next time we talk? I'll know this was real. I want to get paid to do this interview work. <laughs> Why are you laughing? 
because it, it's just it, it's I think what all of our dreams are is to uh, is to live off them. So I just it, it feels funny to say out loud sometimes. I know it's so crazy. Well, no, no, but try it again. How much do you want to get paid? I want to I want to have enough money that I can provide for myself and my friend. My I don't know. Nah, I don't know what enough is. Let's get started with reality. You've never been paid for a podcast. How much money do you want to make weekly for your podcast? Hundred bucks. Thousand a week. You want to make a thousand a week? Okay. Have you made a hundred yet? I have made a hundred. Okay. So now you want to ten x that? Yeah. You want a thousand? Okay. Who's going to be the sponsor to pay you for that? I'm hoping to get. I'm sorry. I don't hope. I'm sorry. No, in my right, world, I don't hope. Right. Um, I'm strategically, al- but listen to these words, Will. Right. The interface. I, I am strategically aligning with guests as famous as Forbes Riley because I want to close what sponsor? Focus Right. The interface I got here for the mic that I'm connected to. Great. So, what did you write a letter to them? I haven't. That's a good idea. Uh, you think? <laughs> so, why don't you hold up the mic and pitch me the mic? Go. This mic right here is an incredible product. It helps me get my voice to the community. It helps me interact with the guests that inspire and motivate my guests to pursue their passion and purpose. And I'm living my dreams through this mic in this conversation right now. Why are you holding the mic? I'm actually out of town. I'm in New Mexico right now. I came to see family, uh, but the, the work doesn't stop. You know, I, I'm working for free right now. So I got to do it wherever I am. Um, usually I have a mic stand. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, I, I work for the mic company and I'm not convinced just yet. Why is this mic better than any other mic? Because this mic allows me to reach my audience in a way that no other mic can. Okay, but is it a good, is it a good quality? Is it, do you sound better than something else? the best quality on the market. This quality is what is the equivalent of Thor's hammer is to a military weapon. It is the top tier, upper echelon. It is exactly what you want. This is Avengers quality microphone technology. All right. And where are they, lo- where are they located? Anaheim. <laughs> I got to make that. Take this piece of videotape that you've recorded and say, look, this is the recording I did with Forbes Drive. This is very important. And I would like you to sponsor me and show other people that manifesting is real because Forbes did something. She created an entire idea called, what have you Forbes lately? And so what have you Forbes is what you manifested, especially when no one thought you could do it. Love it. So right now you've never been paid a thousand dollars or maybe they give you a new free mic. Who knows? Mm. But my question to you now is when is that going to happen? Today, starting today, I'm going to start reaching out. I'm trying to Good. leverage this into actually another this, trying. Oh my God. I, be the- 15. I'm doing 15 when this ends and I'm going to get the word trying out of my vocabulary. I'm furious. About it. This is my, my question to you on a, for, for anyone who's in a position similar um, podcasting interview wise, you know, interacting with a, with a, with a guest. Um, how do you tra- navigate going from doing it yourself in this capacity and then going to someone like a network and being like, look, I'm, tr- I'm you know, I have this body of work. This is what I'm doing. This is my path this is my dream. Uh, how do I, how do I bring this to your network? There is no how do it. Mm. Create. I mean, that's exactly what you just said. Create a body of shows, do great graphics, create a package, that's worthy of somebody investing in and go here. I got this for you. Well, Forbes, the living with Will podcast is here. <laughs> if you're, if your network's ever looking for new talent, we are here and we want to make, we want to make something work with you. That's how easy it is. Make sure that all your ducks are in a line and make sure that you've got a unique selling proposition and that bringing that product to market makes sense. And it's really simple. You just do, you ask, you are, you don't wait. I know. Right. Kind That's of funny. I shoot the shot while I have you on the show too. And I'm, I'm saying it for everyone who's listening. If you get an opportunity like this, pitch, pitch what you got. Don't, Absolutely. don't be embarrassed. It's like how we were talking about earlier when you were like, I sh- it's not like you're, you're patting yourself on the back for talking about emotional story. I hope people don't think of their dreams the same way. Like I laughed at my own dream when you asked me, you were like, what do you yeah, want to get did. paid? And I was like, I want to get paid. Right. And it's the same, it's the same self-consciousness. It's the same imposter syndrome. I think a lot of us suffer from, but I'm going to work on it. This is a great step for me personally. And I want the audience and you to know it's been very helpful for me. I know that. So if I could talk to my 20 year old self, what would I be saying to it? Exactly what I'm telling you. Get out of your own way. Nobody really cares about you anyway. So stop being embarrassed. Who cares? Go just go and do it. And in fact, apparently if you're silly and funny, you get more ratings. So 
go enjoy your life and nobody really else cares. Stop worrying about it. Forbes, you're amazing. I have one last question for you. I know you're incredibly busy, so I want to thank you again. And uh, this is the final question. We're going to be chilling 30 years from now. We're on a private island. We're watching this podcast again, laughing about it, drinking exotic drinks in exotic places. And you're looking back and you're, and you're watching yourself speak. And what would you say, what would your final words from Forbes be that you would look back on fondly 30 years from now? I was one hot 60-year-old. Amazing. <laughs> that, I'm, that I am, I don't need to wait 30 years, but that I am so grateful that I figured it out. I have friends who've not survived this long. I am in love, very deeply in love with my kids, with my family, with my career, with my fans, very much so. And for the first time in my life, I am enjoying it on every level. It's why when you laughed at what you said, don't do that. I look back at the 20, 30, 40, 50 year old, I was freaking gorgeous and I did not know it. And I didn't act it and I took things for granted. And when I look at people who gave me a shot, Grant Cardone let me on his stage. Lewis Howes invited me to a mastermind. You know, Jack LaLanne, I can go down the list. Tony Horton from Beach Bodies. Everybody I know, ESPN, they all gave me a shot. I took all of them, but I don't really think I enjoyed what I was given, I didn't realize that I was that talented, that pretty, that success. I never knew it didn't dawn on me. I'm looking back going, what was I looking for if I didn't appreciate it back then? And I didn't. In fact, I had a weird moment where if you hired me, I somehow didn't like you. Like, I don't know what that was, but it was a very odd moment. And I worked all the time. I think I just wanted, you know, to be that Oscar winning actress and here's the irony of that, is the gatekeeper to what I thought I wanted turned out to be a sexual predator named Harvey Weinstein. Now, I didn't get to his door. I got to a lot of other people's doors right before him. So I don't have a bad story to tell about how I might have been raped or persecuted or a lot. Of, and I'm hearing a lot of the actresses that I love growing up, and they have horrible stories, and I don't. So maybe sometimes not getting what you want is what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. It's powerful and it's true. And I'm so grateful for this moment. Forbes, I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, I'm excited. I would like to know the moment that you get your thousand dollars so we get to celebrate. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. You're so welcome. I'll, I'll edit out this little fandom part, but I'm so grateful. You uh, do it. Don't you dare edit that shit out. I want the <laughs> fandom, baby. I want, come on, bring it on. Perfect. This is amazing. Uh, I'm. I am I am going to be the next Forbes Riley. That is a goal. I'm setting it. I'm manifesting it. Uh, I will do it in a way that gives reverence to the the shoulders of the giants that I stand on, like yours. So thank you so much for paving the way. I'm so grateful. I love it. You're and awesome. I will hit you up the second that I get that thousand dollars. And if there's ever any way that we can work together, I would welcome it at the second that it approached. All right, well, be in touch with me, and I'm excited to keep this conversation going. Big hug to you, my darling. Bye. Bye.